0: Welcome to Expedition U and thanks for tuning in. We all live in a fast-paced and hectic world that is challenging to even the highest functioning individuals and businesses. Expedition U focuses on the personal accounts and stories of those individuals who have been able to cut through the noise, create laser focus on their dreams, and help others to do so as well along the way. So sit back, relax, open your mind to the limitless possibilities of the journey ahead. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to Expedition U, where we talk about investing in everything, investment, real estate, stocks, bonds, but more importantly, investing in you personally, investing in the people around you, and also who has invested in you to get you to where you are today. Uh, very, very excited today and honored. We've got uh, Stefan Polshik. I got that right. All right, and he is with CHC, Corporate Health Consulting. Uh, So Stefan and I have a, a mutual connection through the 10X Incubator. And I've been listening to some of the stuff he's been working on, it's, it sounds very, very interesting. Um, but you know, so Stefan, what I would love to do, by the way, congrats, uh, welcome, and tell us uh, tell us where you are today. I think you said you're in Italy, Yeah, correct? of course.
1: Of course, in Sardinia, in Italy. So I have a beautiful view about over the coastline and over the sea. Um so I'm originally from Austria but um I will tell you a little bit more in the next minutes uh, but at the moment I'm sitting with my family in Sardinia working remote from here and I actually just love it.
0: <laughs> I can imagine you do. Don't let my wife hear that you're in Sardinia she's going to tell me I need to come visit.
1: So okay um, no problem we we'll figure this out.
0: <laughs> well I'm in Houston the the views are not as pretty our broader our water is brown. Um, <laughs> So, you know, one of the things we really like to start off with here at Expedition News, we want to hear a little bit about, you know, who is Stefan, kind of where have you come from, we believe very, very strongly that everyone has a unique story, and everyone needs to hear or somebody out there needs to hear your story. So give us, you know, just a few minutes of kind of what your background is, uh, what, you know, where you grew up kind of how you got to where you are and how you got that entrepreneurial spirit.
1: Of course, um, I, I first of all, thank you for having me. It's I really appreciate this, um and of course, I am going to tell you a little bit more about myself. So actually, um I have to go back a couple of years. Um, when I was eight years old, my childhood ended because at this day, my mom sat next to me at my in my bed, and she told me, "Hey, your dad will never come home again." oh, wow, and um I for me, the world ended at this in in this moment, um, and I didn't understand it. And I asked, "Hey, mom, what's happening? Uh, why? Um, how? Wh- when will he back? Uh, when will he be back?" And all these things. And uh, she couldn't even told me, tell me that the reason. Sure. And actually, um, my dad left us, um, and she told me, "Look, um, we will figure this out. We will get through all this. Um, I have to work full time from uh, now on." And um, when we hold together, when we stick together, we will find a solution. And you, my son, will be responsible for the house and for the garden. And I will go um, and have to work full time and then we will get through this.
0: Wow, that's tough. That's a lot to handle at eight years old.
1: Of course. And it was a big garden and a big house with 500 square meter uh, garden and um, 150 square meter the house. Um, and I was sitting there as an eight year old. And. I stopped being a kid in this moment and I took the responsibility and I have no idea what this would bring in the future for me. Um, So long story short, um, I had my kid, my childhood, so-called childhood, but I didn't ever felt like a child anymore. And I was constantly trying to build more self-responsible, help uh, my family, um, help myself, um, and 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 just do something. And so I actually started to um, think about entrepreneurial ideas when I was 14, 16 years old, and this led to the situation that I created my first company when I was 18 years, and this is over 20 years ago. In the meantime, and I was still in school when I created my first company, um, nice. and yeah. I just started. So this actually led to the situation that I wanted to be an entrepreneur for the rest of my life. (laughs) And I had no clue what I was doing. I seriously, I had no idea. I had no plan. I had no strategy. I had nothing. With with 18, I just jumped into it. I needed money. I wanted to be self-employed. I wanted to become an entrepreneur. I just did it. And at this point, it was 100% against what my family expected me to do or what they wanted that I become in life, yeah? And so this is actually the first point where I luckily got it in contact with a mentor um, who gave me a book um, and this was "Think and Grow Rich. Um, Popular book. Of course, of (laughs) course, Um, and This book and this mentor got me into self-development and working on myself, working on my mindset and all this stuff. And she was super hard on me, but she invested time in me. She invested energy in me and my mindset changed because the first time in my life I saw, okay, this school education, all these things I went through 13 years, um, I've I've never had the feeling this will help me in life. And most of the things I had to learn for 13 years in school, I, I've never ever used again. Sure. And for example, I was so terrible in English, my teachers told me, you will never ever do anything in English. And in the meantime, I mean, we're speaking in English. Yes, here, it's Not my It's, it's not my, com- my language. I have two companies in the US, most of my time I'm working in English. So um, I, I really got into this se- self-development um, thing. And I was working hardcore for over 10 to nearly 15 years um, to make progress. Excellent. And after eight years as an entrepreneur, I started to build my first team around me. I founded my second company. At this point, we were helping people with their personal health. So um, nutritional um, um Consulting, so nutrition consulting, um, dieting, um, personal training, mental health training, and stuff like that. Then um, I created the next company, and this um, brings me to CHC um, in, in, in a couple of seconds. So we started to have companies that their employees are more engaged, that their employees are more healthy. So probably you know it, corporate wellness programs, corporate health management programs, and stuff like that. I also created an academy where we do education for other people who want to become a personal trainer, a mental health trainer and stuff like that. Yeah, and finally um, I created CHC Corporate Health Consulting because um, I saw there is the biggest leverage to help the most amount of people to reach the most amount of people. So um, we are supporting um, big corporate groups in the meantime That their employees are healthier, that they are more satisfied, that there are more, that there is more appreciation, that there is more, a better communication, a better corporate culture. Yeah. And well, I, I think,
0: it. I think, you know, that probably, and, and tell me if my if my time frames are wrong. I think that people really started looking at corporate health in like probably early 90s. It got really, really focused on and I could be I could be early or late on that, but that is such a, a groundswell foundational item for productivity for cost savings. Even I mean, if you just want to look at numbers alone, you know, when you've got people when a, when they're working in a healthier environment then they're eating healthier, they're thinking healthier, they're drinking less, they're smoking less or whatever. And so then corporate health insurance goes down and then job replacement goes down, human resources work goes down. And so talk a little bit about, I mean, so are y'all dealing in like, you know, you're not dealing with meal plans, you're really talking about how do you be healthy here more than anything, right?
1: Of course, of course, yeah. So the time frame is completely right when you um, look at the US market, for example. Um, I, I am from Austria and I started in Austria and we were nearly 20 years behind you. We were re- nearly 20 years. So at about 2010, it's, it was some kind of starting point that companies um, started to think more about this. And we are still a work in progress in the middle of Europe, um, because a lot of companies still do not see the potential you just mentioned. Um, and the potential is unbelievable. The potential is super huge when it comes to corporate health management.
0: So dispel, so, dispel a myth for me. Yes. So everyone tell, anyone that I know that's from outside the U.S. tells me that the U.S. has one of the most unhealthy work environments in the world. I mean, just because we're so go, 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 and we never take vacation and we never take time off. I mean, I've gone three years with no time off, you know, I mean, just because that's kind of what's beat into us. But then I hear about people, they go work and I don't know, they go work in Europe and they're like, no, we take off for four weeks and go to the beach in the summer. And I'm like, what? Like, you know, what? we we leave work at 12 and I'm like, what? You know, I mean, so just tell me, is, is, is any of that true? or is it really unhealthy
1: worldwide in corporations? It's worldwide. It's really worldwide, but the biggest difference between the US um, and Europe and especially the DACH region, so DACH region is Germany, Austria, and Switzerland, the German speaking region in in Europe. Um, The biggest difference is first the mindset because the mindset from the employer and the employee, so from the people is completely different. Um, and on, the other, on on the other part, the, um, the environment structure we have from the government is completely different. Okay. For example, we have in Austria we have um, we, we are forced to use the insurance the government gives us for our employees. So we cannot decide if we insure the employees and where do we want to insure insure them and and which insurance company we use. So we also do not have the opportunity to reduce costs on a a high level when, for example, our employees are healthy. So, for example, the benefit packages or the corporate wellness and corporate health packages we, we know from the U.S., I love this system because... You can help your employees to be more healthy, and then you do not have to pay so much as an employer.
0: Well, there's a positive affirmation to the company to want to feed back into their client or their 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 employees, right? Yeah. You know, which ultimately the employee is the customer of the company, in my
1: opinion, right? This you know, yeah this this should be um, this should be the situation. Um, we do not have this in a lot of companies in, in Europe in, um, and especially in the DACH region. More and more, especially big companies and especially the companies with US-based owners or um, US management, they already understood this. But a lot of companies, especially traditional companies or smaller, medium-sized companies, they, they talk about this, but they didn't understand it yet.
0: Well, you know, what's interesting to me is that so and I know that the United States is kind of the, the starting point for like the Googles and the Amazons and like, you know, hey, you come in and they got free gourmet breakfast and you can work from home. You can work from here. By the way, why don't you go take a nap? Uh, you know, they got nap centers. They got all this other stuff. But those same corporations in the United States are calling for nationalized healthcare, which just blows my mind you know, because of some of the same concerns that you talk about. So how hard is that transition in that mental mindset when you go into a business? So I'm assuming uh, you reach out to a corporation and you say, hey, you know, we can increase production, we can increase, you know, um, longevity of employment, uh, em- employee um, productivity, relationships, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And how much pushback do you get on that when you're in in that in a region where they go?
1: Yeah I, the main the, the main the main factor is is the head of HR and the CEO healthy And do they have a healthy mindset theirs their self? so if the, if the CEO do not care about his health or her health or the head of HR, if they do not care about their own health, just stop the conversation. Well, it starts at the so, top and it comes down. Of course, of course, because these are the two main decision makers we need to really have a, a, a project on a big scale on a big level, yeah? So, so actually, I, need to get, um,
0: I need to get you personal pictures and mental profiles of all the corporate heads in Europe and then you can know who to go to.
1: Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course, this this is an opportunity. <laughs> yeah but i mean oh, no sure i think is. you're right I mean, though because, um, go ahead yeah go ahead. because the, the personal the personal values they have are different because when when the ceo is taking care of his own health when he has a healthy morning routine when he's taking care of his health of his ha- family health um and and then he has a completely different mindset then he knows how important and how powerful it is When I am healthy here and when my body is healthy. Yeah. And when somebody is not taking care of his health, okay, 40 kilo overweight, um, 30 pounds overweight, I'm never ever doing sports or training and stuff like that, just wanting to have production, 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 production. Um, Don't look at the costs from the health perspective. Sure. Um, then you will have no chance because um, at the end of the day um, the employees can want what they want but if they don't get the money or if not the decision maker says oh no we don't do this it will not change anything yeah and what we also see is um, I mean everybody knows that health is important Sure. And everybody knows how uh, that that uh, that exercise is important, or everybody also knows that a good nutrition is important. But um not everybody is actually doing it, but due to the reason that everybody knows we should do it, a lot of companies started to do so-called, yeah, okay, let's do something that they shut up and they don't ask for more, or that we look nice, yeah, to the outside, yeah,. Well,
0: Yeah, that's a limited scope of view because we all know, at least in America, right, a, a natural healthy diet in America is more expensive. So to get the fresh foods, the all natural foods, it's cheaper to eat canned food, it's cheaper to eat processed food, but you have to wait for that mental shift because yes, that food costs better more for me to have a good diet but what am I not spending in medical bills? What am I not spending, you know, in all these other factors? And not only that, but what is my quality of life worth? What is the value on my quality of life? But in the meantime, you know, all they think about is, you know, I can buy this many groceries for hundred dollars U.S. or I can buy this many groceries if I buy bad food. You know, but I think in that corporate mentality is the same, you know, I don't want to spend that money but I think if we can change that mindset, to where they're really looking at the 25, the 35, the 45 year picture, you know, when you bring that employee in that's been there six months and then Mm -hmm. what is, what additional revenue have you made on them and what cost savings have you had over the next 22 years?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, And there is something else which especially, was powered by COVID, but which will be so much more huge in the future. So, and uh, this is something I'm personally convinced. I'm personally convinced that the best employers of the future will be the companies who are taking care of their employees, are taking care not only on the shareholders, but the whole stakeholders. I don't know if you probably know this from the business round table, um, there is, a, there is a, um, a, a strategic paper from the business round table in the US actually, which is called the greater purpose of a corporation. And this strategic paper was signed by over 180 of the biggest corporations in the world. So that CEOs of the biggest corporations in the world signed this strategic paper. And this was long before COVID. So years before COVID hit, this was signed the first time. And it is all about the bigger purpose of a corporation. So a corporate
0: manifesto.
1: Yes, some kind of this. And bring it to, to, to bring it to the point, um, to be successful in the future, we have to stop to just focus on shareholder capitalism, but we have to transfer to a stakeholder capitalism. And when you look at the companies and at the, at the problems to get great talent, to find great talent, to retain great talent, when you look at the companies, how it is more and more difficult to recruit people. For example, here in Austria, our, our workforce, our available workforce is done. There is no more educated and skilled workforce on the marketplace. So the only way you can recruit really great talent is you have to get talent from your competitors, or you have to get talents somewhere in the countries around us and bring them to our country. There is no other people around in the meantime.
0: Yeah. So I've got I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah. And when I am an employee, and when I know I have great talent and I am a skilled worker or a skilled employee, no matter if this blue collar or white collar workers, yeah, I can decide in the meantime to which company I'm going to work with in the future. And this will be so much more in the future. This just started, and we will not. We we will see so much more in the next five to ten years. And back to my personal, uh, uh, personal opinion, I'm really, really convinced that the employers of the future will have to take care of their employees. Otherwise, they have no chance to attain great talent.
0: So going back to money, right? Because it all goes back to money. Yeah. And so, I mean, a lot of, you talked about a pivot during COVID, you know, a lot of corporations were very, very quick to pivot to working remotely. Because it was an immediate cash infusion. I can let people go. I can get rid of offices. I can. I don't pay. have to pay the electric bill. We can really, really downsize very quickly to offset any potential costs. And even in corporations where they really weren't being hurt financially, they saw this opportunity to do this. What do you think is going to be a long-term socioeconomic and mental and physical health correlation? to working from the desk in the back room of your house for 20 years. <laughs> I mean, the lack of social interaction, the lack of, you know, I can be fat and ugly in my house because I don't have to go to work and my buddy at work go, you, you got fat. I mean, you know, <laughs> what, what is the implication there, you think?
1: Yeah, um, I think the solution will have to be a hybrid um, version and a very specific hybrid version. not the hybrid versions, what most of the companies are trying at the moment. What I see in the marketplace in hundreds of companies all around uh, the globe is most companies try to do some kind of hybrid. OK, we have three, ta- three days in the office, two mm-hmm. days in home office, or four days, two days, something like that. OK, but this is, again, for everybody. So they do not listen to their employees and they do not talk to them. And that's the problem and not getting
0: input from the
1: individuals. Exactly. And this is, in my opinion, this will be the solution in the future. Because what we saw in the last two years, there are a lot of people who are made for remote work and who are made for home office. I am somebody like this, I am made for remote work when I can decide to work here in Sardinia with beautiful view over the coastline um, and I have so much more energy, I am so much more vitalized, I, I, I'm so much more productive. Yeah, Sure. but there are also people who are made to work in the office. And it also depends on their personal situation because um, honestly, I understand everybody who got, the, who got massive problems in the last two years in his home office, when you have, for example, I don't know, 100 square foot, uh, uh, 300 square foot apartment or something like that, you have two kids, you have three dogs, five cats, you have a husband, you have a wife, probably grandma is around, yeah, and you have to work from the kitchen table.
0: Just get rid of the dogs and the kids, it'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> of
1: course. Of course. Or leave your home office and go back yes. to work.
0: Hey, there's another option. Okay, that one's cheaper. We'll do that.
1: Yeah, of course. <laughs> no,
0: I think you're right. I think that's that's awesome. That I mean. So, how long have you had CHC? How long have you? When was the? When did this start? Uh, where are you at now? And and where do you want to take this? What's your goal? Yeah.
1: yeah. So um, I see I see um, my whole entrepreneurial journey because my whole entrepreneurial journey was always health related health-related when it comes to nutrition, to exercise and to the, to the mindset. And we ch- just the entry point started a little bit during the last 20 years. So actually the first um, the first project with companies or the first start was about um, 12 years ago. And then during the last 12 years, I developed this international uh, consulting service company. And we are still located in Austria, but we are operating all over the DACH region. So Germany, Austria, Switzerland, um, we have a location in Miami where we are supporting North American market. So we actually we are going worldwide, and uh, this is also what um, my my vision is. So my vision for CHC for corporate health consulting is we are going to bring the health into the mind of every single sea level management all around the world. That they finally that they finally treat their employee, employees like they should be treated. So with respect, with communication, with appreciation, with good communication and with health.
0: You know, what's interesting is there was a transition over, I would say probably somewhere around the late fifties to the sixties in the U S so, you know, prior to that, you know, so you, in the twenties and thirties, everybody pretty much worked for themselves. You were an apple farmer, you were a cop, you know, crop, grower, you did cotton, whatever. And then everybody went into this corporate environment and you got a job, you stayed there for 40 years, and then you retired and they gave you a pension. All right. And then we got into this disposable era, you know, disposable water bottles, disposable people, disposable cars, everything became disposable. And that's where a lot of, you know, because they had the unionization in the United States, you know, where the union stood up for the workers and the, but then, you know, when you have that, 10 15 20 30 year relationship with an employee employee or co-worker you become invested you know you become much more invested in them as a person as a human being not a, not a number on a on a piece of paper right yeah. you know and i think that as the world is becoming smaller again through technology we have the ability without the cost because they stopped doing that because pensions got too expensive. And this guy's been here too long. His salary's gotten too much. I can hire somebody younger for half as much money and people became disposable. But as the world becomes smaller technology advances and we can go back to, I think we have an opportunity to go back to an old way of thinking, but without giving away the financial line that is necessary in a business. I think that you guys are on the precipice of doing something amazing. I think that's fantastic.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. Thank you. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) So, I mean, you're going global. What's next?
1: (laughs) What's next? Um, Pretty simple. I'm an entrepreneur through in in, in every cell of my body. I'm really in every cell of my, in in my body. Um, Also in the last years, um, I started to help other entrepreneurs to become more successful because why? I created six different companies in my life in the meantime. Um, and I started my last company last year in summer, a tech startup. I will tell you a little bit more, not, uh, but I, I really, really love to be an entrepreneur. And I failed so many times as an entrepreneur because oh, yeah. I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have mentors. I thought I know everything. I was to stubborn. 100,000 reasons why I failed. Sure. But... I've always got up again and started over and started to pivot and find another solution. And so this will always bring me to success. I don't know when in some situations and not every project will work out, but I know that I will be successful as an entrepreneur. And I already did it six times in my career. And this is the reason why I started to help other entrepreneurs um, to become more successful. and to avoid a lot of pitfalls, what I had to take in my life.
0: No, and- I agree. I think that's, for me as an entrepreneur, so um, I have several companies, but one of them, I run a, a, a relatively good size uh, real estate company in Houston, Texas. Houston's one of the four largest cities in America. And, you know, we, we do relatively well, but I only hire brand new agents. My average agents are very, very young, but they're broke they're hungry and they're, they're coachable. Right. And right. I want to, I want to build them up. I want to feed them and I want to see them surpass me. Right. You know, but then the other thing, and I was listening to a guy yesterday and he was, I'm going to get really philosophical here. Uh, I think he said he was quoting Nietzsche yeah. and he said, you know, the problem with, with getting to the top of the mountain is the only thing left is lightning. You know? So like, I never want, you know, when you, when you finally reach that final goal, if you're not still moving forward, the only thing you can do is fail, right? Because, you know, you, I tell my team grow or die, right? You know, you're either going forwards or backwards. And I really love that picture of, you know, if I reach the top of the mountain, the only thing left is lightning, you know? And so it's like, I don't, I don't want to reach that top. I don't want to have a, when I get here, I'm done. Yeah, Because I don't want to be done.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. And, and neither neither I want to be done. Yeah, and that's the reason I founded um, I Tech Startup um, last year. And we are also um, with 10X Incubator. Yes. And I mean, Grant Cardone and Jared Yellen are our co-founders. And Jeff Turi from Austria, a very good friend of mine. I mean, we have the greatest co-founders in the world where we are building a social media platform where it is all about competitive entertainment at the beginning. Well, so America
0: is all about competitive entertainment. I mean, because America is <laughs> like, we are competitive entertainment. Where all yeah. the weird stuff comes from.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. In some point, that's true. <laughs> so the perfect marketplace for us. <laughs> sure.
0: Absolutely. So, I mean, and I think you had mentioned that that your, your premise was really to kind of start there, but ultimately bring it to where we can find similar tastes, similar... Um, activities and then ultimately hopefully grow those into actual personal inner relationships
1: of course and this is our of course and this is our big vision with Hot Me. so we want not we we do not want to become next facebook or the next insta where um, just pictures and everybody is showing off and stuff like that but we want to make social media social again and what do we mean with social again we want to use social media to connect people but then bring them together in real life and this this is our kind of
0: and, and tell me if i'm wrong here but this kind of sounds like a live version of youtube with twitter and facebook like thrown in the bottom of it right i mean And I'm probably way off, but that's just what I picture is where it's like, you know, this is going on and I can, I can subscribe or I can go see this, but then I can, I can live comment on it. I can be interactive, you know, or socially and then, you know, get live feedback. And so, I mean, it's not like on Facebook, everything is 22 hours old. Yeah. You know, I mean, so this, this sounds to me like it's much more real time interactive.
1: Of course, of course. So, for example, um is there any sports you like to play or you like to do?
0: I'm from America. We play baseball.
1: Okay, baseball. <laughs> I have no clue about baseball, but um let's figure uh, let's let's say I play baseball too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the both of us are on the on the playing field. I don't know the right words now, so you have to help me um and um we we are doing a live stream um and we are streaming our best pitch or something like that or the best throw or something like that yeah uh-huh. and our friends or the audience in HotMe can vote in real time or also afterwards who has who has the best throw or the best pitch or whatever okay yeah?
0: oh that's neat though. okay yeah so it's that interactive so like I can be, I can be out on the soccer field with five or six of my friends on a random Tuesday and, you know, we're hanging out and we're saying, Hey, who's got, who's got the best block or who's got the best slide tackle, you know, I mean, and they can, and they can judge that way.
1: Of course. For example, for example. Yeah. Yeah. So probably we, you and I, we do not know each other. We got, we get connected through our hobby. Uh, we both like baseball or we both love baseball. We get connected through HotMe, but then we meet in real life and we can do these challenges and competitive entertainment and all this stuff. And this so is- So I can be
0: in New York and say, hey, these are me and my five friends. And I was number one out of my five friends. These yes. five people are Minneapolis. And this guy was number one. And so ultimately, the five people that were the best from those five areas can meet in Dallas, Texas, and then do a final voting event of who's the winner overall. You got That's it. That's really cool. I like that.
1: Thank you. <laughs> we <laughs> like it. <too. laughs>
0: Well, that's awesome. Well, Stefan, if anybody wants to reach out to you, whether it's uh, for uh, CHC or if it's just to get some advice, business advice, or if they have questions about anything that you do, what is the best way for them to reach you?
1: Yeah, definitely. LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the best um, way to reach out to me. Um, Just text me. Just connect with me on LinkedIn. Just shoot me a message. Um, This is also my main platform. Just my name, Stefan Poschik. Um, and um, I'm really, really happy uh, to help you and really just reach out and just ask. Um, this was one of the biggest mistakes I made. I was not asking people who already have traction uh, and track record. So, so just reach out to me, ask whatever you like to ask. I'm here to help.
0: On my team, we, uh, we have a saying, a closed mouth never gets fed. <laughs> so you got you to gotta open your mouth and, and ask the questions. That's right that's true well stefan thank you so much we really can't tell you how much we appreciate you being here i'm super excited for everything you got going on um i'm gonna have to uh see if maybe the next time we talk i can be in italy and you can go back to work um you know
1: (laughs) Uh, i don't think so but we both can be in italy and
0: hey i like that that works too awesome stefan you have a great day and i'll make sure we get your recordings of this so you can share it with